Good day, everyone, and welcome to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm really glad you decided to join us. Former Michigan Congressman Dale Kildee passed away this week at the age of 92. The Flint Democrats served in Congress for 36 years alongside other political giants from our state, such as John Dingell and Carl Levin. Kildee was an unabashed champion of organized labor, and the former high school teacher also fought for public education initiatives, including efforts to bolster early childhood education through Head Start. He was succeeded in Congress by his nephew, current Congressman Dan Kildee, who joins me now to talk about his uncle's life, his career, and his legacy. Dan Kildee, welcome back to Thank Detroit you, Today. Yeah. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. So first of all, of course, condolences uh, to your family. Uh, tell us about the loss of your uncle. Well, it's, you know, this is hard, even though we, you know, prepare ourselves for these sorts of things. Dale was 92 years old. We knew, although at times it seemed like it, he was not going to live forever. Uh, so at this point, obviously we're dealing with it more as the personal loss that it is. He was the last of the generation of our family, uh, that particular generation, there were five children in that group, my dad being one of them who we lost a few years ago, and now, you know, Dale's gone. So for us, it's it's mostly that personal loss. But obviously, um, you know, given the work that I have done and the path that I have followed, there's a pretty close link between the personal life of Dale Kilby and my own personal path so it's uh you know it's it's doubly difficult for me because this was my my mentor my teacher and in his later years uh you know a really good guide and advisor to me so it's a it's a big loss sure so yesterday on the show we had u.s senator debbie stabenow as a guest and she called your uncle mr flint saying that he yeah. embodied that city and fought for the kinds of things that working people in Flint needed most. Now, I can remember, it might have been 15 years ago at this point, that you took me on a tour of Flint that included uh, taking a look at where your family was from, where your your roots were in Flint. And what I remember about that was how representative uh, that tour was of of what I think of when I think of Flint. Uh, I, I said in the open that your uncle was the face of um, working class mid-Michigan, uh, and he really didn't have to pretend to that uh, to that face. I mean, that that's where your family is from. That's where your family is rooted. I'm not sure everybody understands quite how wedded your history is uh, to that to that legacy yeah. that's for sure i mean <clears throat> our family story is similar to tens and tens of thousands of family stories uh, the family came to flint to find the opportunity my grandfather well believe it or not was a was a lumberjack in northern michigan and when the auto factories were hiring in the 1920s you know, he brought the family here, and you know, Dale and my dad and my aunts uh, and my uh, you know rest of the family they grew up in that really modest is a kind word that really 
poor neighborhood on the east side of Flint. The family had a about a 900 square foot house, and you know we didn't. I, I grew up in a similar home, just a couple of blocks away. None of us knew, and I'm sure Dale and my dad and the others didn't didn't know that they were basically uh, poor at that point in time, uh, because that was just life. But he grew up um, in that environment. My grandfather would walk 12 blocks every day to work, work in the factory, worked hard. And I think that helped form the way Dale looked at the whole world. Um, I think it's the reason he saw the value in labor unions, because he saw the family's life improve dramatically after that first UAW contract in 1937. Mm -hmm. And I think he also um, invested so much of his energy in education because his his own life was transformed by the fact that he got to go to college. He was the first in the family to do that. And it put him on a path that obviously was a different trajectory than he would have experienced otherwise. So when we think about his commitment to labor and to workers and his commitment to education, I think a lot of that is born of his life experience on the east side of Flint. Yeah. So as I said in the open, you're his successor in Congress, something I have always thought is really interesting and important symmetry here in in Michigan. Talk about your own representation of Flint and how Dale Kildee shaped the way you see the job and the way you see the relationship to your constituents. Well, you know, my my career path was was really affected by, you know, my admiration of him. Both my parents, of course, were very politically active, um, good, good um, guides for me in that sense. But Dale showed me a way to put those values to work. And, and you know, when I was 18 years old, I worked on his campaign for Congress. And as soon as that campaign was over, I launched my own campaign for the Board of Education in Flint. So it's really difficult for me to separate the two because he was – you know, that mentor, he was that role model that I was able to, to follow. And I, well, well, my personal style and some of the issues that I take on um, differ from his. Even some issues he and I uh, differed on. What I have tried to do, and now I feel even more obligated to do, is to walk in his footsteps in the sense that the way he carried himself the way he interacted with people, more than, in some ways, more than the the sort of policies he pursued represent a legacy that I think we all should take to heart, especially right now, especially in this sort of political moment that we're in now. If there were more people, uh, not just in government, but in society generally, that followed his uh, example of kindness and decency, um, I think we'd have a different, we'd have a different world. We'd have a, certainly a different government. Mm-hmm. The, ang- the anger and the poison that seems to be so pervasive in today's political space was something that Dale Kildee never exhibited. He embraced his opponents. He loved people. 
didn't matter if you were the Speaker of the House or the you know, the person working in the garden outside the Capitol. Uh, he treated people with such dignity, and he carried himself with such grace. I think that's the the most important legacy because it's so lacking in today's political di- uh, dialogue and so necessary for us hmm. to be able to work together and live together. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I do want to give you a chance to talk about some of the more personal, cherished memories you have of your uncle. As a, After all, he was not just the congressman from Flint. He was a family member. Uh, yeah. What are some of the things that stand out? Well, you know, just his sense of humor. You know, we... We come from a big Irish Catholic family, and he he embraced that. He, you know, we we uh, once just coincidentally ended up in Ireland at the same time. He was there with his family. I went over with mine, and this was twenty some years ago, probably more than that. And you know, it's a little comical, but seeing him there um, on vacation, I realized that as much time as I had spent with him growing up all through my life, I had almost never seen him in anything but like a navy blue or black three-piece suit. (laughs) And then here he was, you know, wearing his little Irish cap and I thought to myself, wow, this, he always was so formal. Uh, (laughs) I I remember once going to visit uh, him at his house in Washington when I happened to be in town, and as I pulled up, he was mowing the lawn in his soup. I mean, he was a very formal guy on one hand, but obviously a fun and ridiculous sort of personality on the other. <laughs> you know, it sort of typified him. He was always, always ready, always ready to work. Yeah. Okay, uh, Dan Kildee, again, really sorry for your family's loss and for the loss, frankly, to the, the city of Flint, uh, but, but great to have you here to talk about uh, your uncle's legacy. Thank you so much, Stephen. I appreciate it. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about Dave Chappelle's controversial new stand-up special on Netflix. We'll hear from two black queer voices from here in Detroit about their reactions to words he said about the LGBTQ community and especially trans people. And we'll talk about whether it's okay to talk about intersectionality in the way that he did, both by undermining its effectiveness and maybe by trying to draw attention to its limits. Also want to hear from you listeners about what you're thinking about Dave Chappelle's stand-up, which took place here in Detroit, and the controversy it has inspired. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today.